Just trying to close up the wealth gap. Get to this generational wealth. Bet that. We gonna lift off like a jetpack. Time to tune in. Not just speaking real facts. Right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. afternoon good afternoon everyone and welcome to ahead of the crypto curve where we are creating satoshi millionaires one family at a time one day at a time one bitcoin at a time one satoshi at a time and ladies and gentlemen that means you i am your host naja roberts and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery i don't just do this show to change the way you think about money but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you. Because you know what? It absolutely matters. Today is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. And we have some Cryptopians who have birthdays today. First and foremost, let me say happy birthday to Thomas Jones of College Park, Maryland. Derek Watson of Houston, Texas, Marva Reefer of New York, New York, and Terrence Mack of Lake Forest, California. And last but not least, my absolutely fabulous husband, whose birthday is today, Mr. Dimitri Roberts. His birthday is today, and he said he's been waiting all year to hear his name on the radio. So today, happy birthday to you, fabulous husband, Dimitri Roberts. But to all of you whose birthday is today, I want to say that I wish you a day that is filled with all the love, joy, happiness, and peace you deserve on this day. Just know that you are the celebrities in our space, and I appreciate each and every one of you. If you would like to have a shout out for your birthday, please feel free to send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373, and you will absolutely get a shout out for your birthday. So ladies and gentlemen, I am going to start out with our quote for the day. And it's not a cryptocurrency quote, but it's something that I want to share with you because uh, there are a lot of questions about why financial advisors, why people's financial advisors are not helping them to acquire Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies are talking against it. And so I'm just going to say this as a quote. I used to say, I sure hope things change. Then I learned that the only way things are going to change for me is when I change. And so with that, that quote was because I was a financial advisor at one time, just really sitting around 
looking at all of the turmoil as it relates to our community getting involved in the financial products and services that I was actually selling and how difficult it was at different points to get our community insured and in these products. And then when we would have the ability to get people into the products and services, unfortunately, a lot of our life insurance policies would get canceled first at in the event someone was coming upon hard times. And I just used to always sit and think like, what can we do to change this for our community? And again, I realized that I had to be the change that I wanted to see, but I had to make the change and do something different. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward as an ex-financial advisor on purpose, and I know you all hear me say that, and I say it intentionally, it's not that I didn't like the position, not that I didn't get paid fabulously for the position, but for what our community needed at this point in time in the new money space, I had to make a decision to either stay licensed or not licensed. And as a result of that, we're no longer licensed. However, we want to explain to those of you that are asking why financial advisors aren't recommending cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin. So when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, moment. more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. This is a subject that I've kind of touched on a couple of times, but we never have gone really in depth as to why financial advisors do not recommend cryptocurrencies or won't recommend cryptocurrencies. And so I've been very reluctant to be all the way 100 about the situation because I still have many friends that are in the financial services space and they're financial advisors and they cannot recommend cryptocurrencies. But then I have some that won't recommend cryptocurrencies. And so they're two totally different things. Those of them that can't, let's talk about that first, because most of those individuals are really cryptocurrency friendly. However, their companies that they work with, such as I'll say like the and I'm not saying these specifically, but just so you understand the caliber of clientele's and clients that I'm talking about, your Morgan standards, I mean, your Morgan Stanley your Charles Suaves, those sorts of, or Edward Jones, those organizations, a lot of them have actually made their financial advisors sign a clause that they will be terminated if they talk about cryptocurrencies in its totality. So they have been actually prepped <laughs> to say that there is no regulatory or compliance in that landscape and that they're handcuffed and are not able to talk about cryptocurrencies. 
Now, there are those advisors that 100% believe in cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, and they will go a roundabout way by just giving my phone number or my husband's phone number or our office number to someone and say, hey, talk to them about this directly, but we cannot say anything about cryptocurrencies. And so it makes it really hard for those individuals that work at institutions that are not allowing them to recommend any type of cryptocurrency asset or they will be let go. And so nobody wants to lose or jeopardize any of their uh, income or their licenses or anything like that. So they're at the whim of their companies. And I've even had a lot of financial advisors that were at places like uh, farmers or um, I'm trying to think of one of the other companies that I've talked to, but they actually have a clause where they can't talk about cryptocurrency at all. But then once they leave, because they're at these uh, like, oh, State Farm, I talked to somebody at State Farm before, like I stated, farmers, they have a non-compete clause. So if they leave these companies to go to another company, which can then talk about Bitcoin or allow them to put uh, Bitcoin in the portfolios of their clients. They have so many years before they can even go and work for these new companies. So a lot of these companies, ladies and gentlemen, pigeonhole individuals to work for them or to stay with them or just stand the risk of not being able to provide for their families. And so, and this is not just about cryptocurrency specifically, but the pigeonholes that you get in inside of this financial services space are real. And so that's why we made a decision to not be licensed anymore, not have any type of, um, you know, of the three letter, the three letter dignitary um, uh, certifications behind our name so that we can say and do what we wanted to do because it was really apparent that you were going to sell the property, the, the, the products and services that they wanted you to sell the way that they, that you wanted to, the way that they wanted you to sell them, or you wouldn't do business anywhere else for a couple of years and they've set those things up like that you couldn't take your book of business uh and move it if you needed to because you were bound by the amount of time that your book of business had to stay there and so everybody as a financial advisor we have a book of business and i've stated before that our book of business was focused on the the black and brown community because we felt that being in financial services was what was going to be all the difference in the actual wealth building of our community. And we soon found out that a lot of the products and services are owned by the same families, number one. But number two, there were just a lot of strings attached. And as people got down the road in the products and services that we were selling, they weren't always all cracked up to be what we thought they were at the beginning. And we were excited about financial services at the beginning. But back to why individuals cannot talk to you about 
cryptocurrencies uh, is because most of their companies are not allowing them to. And then you've got to understand why the companies are not allowing them to. Financial advisors get paid solely based on the amounts of money that they get you to put away in a product or service. And for some companies, you get an upfront commission if you get someone to put away money. And then the first year, you get a renewal. And then every year after that, you get a trail. So if you get someone someone to put away $100,000 into your product or service that you are selling through, let's just say Edward Jones or Charles Schwab, you get that big, hefty commission. And then every year after you get a small portion and maybe for about three or four years, you get a pretty substantial amount. And then it goes to what is called trails and you get that for five to 10 years, depending on what company you're working with. And I always am very transparent and sharing that I still get commissions sometime uh, on Sundays for deals that I did in the financial services space. And it's been over 10 years and I still get a couple of dollars here and a couple of dollars there. But just imagine if I had thousands of clients that I was still getting paid for on on a Sunday for those trails. I mean, it's really good money. And so these insurance companies do not want that money to walk away to Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency because once the deal is done, there are no renewals or trails. So once someone buys Bitcoin, there is no commission to be had for anybody that is um, because they're not holding the actual digital currency is just a one-time sale done unless people are holding that bitcoin on a platform and then they're kind of siphoning a little bit of money uh our bitcoin or cryptocurrency as they're holding it for someone but for the most part a financial institution such as the ones that i've been naming have no way to benefit from the sale of Bitcoin unless they're selling Bitcoin and custodying people's Bitcoin, which they've thought about and have been trying to get into that business. But for the most part, they're not going to suggest it to you because they're not going to continuously get paid from the money that you actually are leaving with them because you would have to leave your Bitcoin with them, which then entail they would have to do something with your Bitcoin and hope that you would be able to um, make enough money so that you would leave it there. And then they would get those renewals and trails every year. And so that's kind of how that works. And then you have uh, advisors now that are finally waking up and again, are able to recommend somebody for you to call to get involved in the cryptocurrency space. And when they do that, they risk, of course, their license 
by telling you to call someone else, but some of them are doing it and they're making right by they're doing right by their clients and maybe suggesting that they go around them to find somebody to add Bitcoin to their portfolio. And then you have fabulous people like Susie Orman and and Susie Orman and I have been on two different sides of the financial spectrum forever. Uh, Because even when I was a financial advisor, what Susie Orman was preaching was not working for our community, might work for their community, but didn't work for our community. And that was to buy term and invest the difference. And that does not, does not, does not, and I'm going to say it again, does not work for our community and has not worked for our community. In fact, most times I see that people's term policy actually expires before they actually need it. Now, there have been a couple of policies that we've paid out as it relates to um, term policies, but for the most part, they don't pay out uh, because people outlive the term and then they're stuck in their older years without having any type of insurance. But even Susie Orman, as of late, has began telling her listeners to please add $100 worth of Bitcoin to their portfolios, which is quite interesting. And um, I'm watching the influx of Caucasian women that are starting to get involved in Bitcoin. In fact, they're doing just a little bit at a time. They're listening to her. That $100 a month is dollar cost averaging, which we've been telling our listeners. We've been talking to you about dollar cost averaging, but she's picked an amount for her listeners, for her followers to really grab a hold of, which amounts to $1,200 a year. Now that won't buy them an entire Bitcoin, but that will actually give them direct exposure to Bitcoin as opposed to not having Bitcoin at all. Now she's not talking about getting involved in any other type of funds or things of that sort that I have heard of right now or robo advisors where that's allowing someone to buy Bitcoin and trade and do all of those things for you. But I really think that she's doing a really good job trying to get her listeners to get engaged, to learn about what Bitcoin or Bitcoin is, which is more than some of these other advisors are doing. The other thing that you need to know is, um, you know, Financial advisors want to recommend the best thing for their clients. And they know, most of them know, that we're moving into the digital space and that the understanding of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has to be tied to um, what people are learning moving forward or they're going to become obsolete. And so a lot of financial advisors are also looking to be the sellers of this said cryptocurrency. And so I've had a lot of people call me to ask me how they get involved in being the middleman for some of these transactions. And it is um, becoming more and more popular to see that financial advisors are bringing clients to us saying, hey, I got this guy. He wants to buy five Bitcoin 
and we know the price of Bitcoin is XYZ. And I would like to have him buy the Bitcoin from you. But can you give me a kickback on the 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 price uh, on the sale of the Bitcoin? And we know that's because they come from the ethos that they get commission based on everything that they sell. And sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not a good thing because they want more out of these transactions than we actually even make doing the transactions because of the fact that we are here to help our community. We're here to make sure that our community is onboarded properly and they have everything that they need in the quest of this, uh, the quest for Bitcoin. And so some advisors are warming up more and more. I do know that I've had some um, financial advisors that were like, absolutely not. I don't want anything to do with Bitcoin. I'm not going to talk to my clients about Bitcoin. I've been skeptical about Bitcoin and it's some magical currency. But lately, I've seen a lot of people that are in wealth management actually talking to us a little bit more about what they can provide for their clients and not actually even wanting commission, just wanting their clients to be able to do well in the space. And that's what I like the most is the fact that we're able to really do right by people by teaching them to be self-sovereign and Focus on something that's decentralized as opposed to something that's centralized. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward after sports, traffic and news, we will continue the conversation. We're going to do the market update and we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening in the cryptocurrency space. But I also want to talk about one thing that's happening in the macro with oil. And it's critically important to us as well, our infrastructure. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Posters when you spend $75 or more. Offer ends July 1st. Visit staples.com slash print big for details. This is your sign to try staples where your prints are perfect guaranteed. This is the KBLA Sports Minute with Ray Richardson. Magic Johnson's attempt to become a part owner of an NFL franchise has been delayed. NFL owners have decided not to vote on the proposed offer to buy the Washington Commanders at next week's league meetings in Minneapolis. Magic is part of a group headed by billionaire Josh Harris. The owners have indicated they need more time to review Harris's offer and his investors. Current Commanders owner Dan Snyder has agreed to sell the team to Harris and his group for $4.06 billion. The sale requires a majority vote from the league's other 31 owners before the transaction is official. Further review of the proposed sale could take up to a month, but an NFL spokesperson said completing the process is a league priority. NFL owners want Snyder out of their house. No debates, no speculation, just the info you need. That's your KBLA Sports Minute. I'm Ray Richardson. More news, opinions, and conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. The story of Emmett Till and his mother is a story of a family's promise and loss in a nation's reckoning with hate, violence, and abuse of power. It's a story that was seared into our memory and our conscience, the nation's conscience, when Mrs. Till insisted that an open casket for her murdered and maimed 14-year-old son. She said, 
let the people see what I've seen. The reason the world saw what she saw was because of another hero in this story, the black press. Jet Magazine, the Chicago Defender, and other black radio and newspapers were unflinching and brave in making sure America saw what she saw. Ida B. Wells once said, and I quote, the way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon the wrongs. Turning the light of truth upon the wrongs. We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580, and we don't black down. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Talk radio. That's music to ears. We're unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. As you know, a couple of days ago, I was talking about what would be happening in the macro that we need to know to help us plan for the summer. And that means looking at or trying to figure out what gas prices would be, how much airline tickets would be and all of those things, really just planning better so we can save more. And so all of that has to do with the United States energy and our actual oil reserves. Now, while our prices are still $3 higher than what I saw just a couple of weeks ago in Houston, Texas, I just don't understand how this can be happening. But it is. Uh, our government last year really was draining our strategic oil reserves. And we had unfortunately gotten down to where we only had about 20 days of reserves for the entire United States, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Now, he did that to actually help us lower our oil costs. And I think it was a little bit successful, but I just think in California, we didn't get the memo. But right now, the United States is thinking about or in the process of buying 3 million barrels of oil to refill the emergency oil reserve. Now, we have an energy secretary. Her name is Jennifer Granholm. She testified at Congress on Capitol Hill uh, a couple of years ago, just really talking about where we were and what our oil reserves were. Now, all those oil reserves have been um, they've gone down to about 20 days worth. And so we've got a stockpile soon in case of an emergency or in case there's a spike in the use or whatever we need it for or whatever you need it for that we're able to get it. And so some of you may hear the term on the news SPR. And a lot of times they don't explain what these acronyms are, but it stands for Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And again, we know that oil comes from all around the world into the United States. And so our strategic 
petroleum reserves uh, have not been at the levels that they're at right now since 1983. And in the middle of all of the things that are going on around the world, it's really not a good idea for us to be down this low. So these new purchases of crude oil will be delivered to Big Hill. It's called Big Hill SPR. That's why I want you to know that stands for Strategic Petroleum Reserve. So it'll be delivered to Big Hill SPR site in Texas sometime during the month of August. And so that's what they're hoping. And they were only going to buy oil when it got down below, um, I believe it was $80 a barrel. And so now it's at $71 a barrel as of Monday. And so they're starting to talk about buying these barrels of oil, putting them back into our reserves so that we're in a better situation in the event that something happens. And I really hope that our administration just continues to do these things because as we see future supply shortages and crises, we just don't want to be in a situation where, you know, we get into the winter months and people don't have the heat that they need and all the different things that come with uh, not having the right reserves in place. And so um, just being honest, 20 days of coverage in the entire United States with our consumption rate is a little bit scary, but they're doing something to change it. And prayerfully, they'll keep the gas prices down as well. And so we're looking forward to what they're going to do on that front. Now, that is having to do with oil and how that ties into money is, as you all know, ladies and gentlemen, Russia and uh, China and all of the uh, yuan that is being utilized to purchase oil as opposed to the United States dollar is literally sending signals to the rest of the world that they can use alternative um, alternative monetary uh, dollars as opposed to U.S. dollars to purchase their oil, which has not been done. And so all of those things happening actually take the value away from our United States dollar. And so prayerfully, as we continue to move forward and get things in place, uh, they're not able to really execute the de-dollarization by using different things to different forms of money to pay for oil, which is going to then also hike up our prices of oil, which we don't want. But again, back to the main point, we don't know what is happening and how much these different macro things are going to affect us. But if we're thinking smarter, we're planning ahead, we're buying our tickets when they're lower as opposed to when they're higher, we can save more and we have more money to put towards the things that actually matter. So ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do our market update and then we are going to talk about a downside to some things that are happening against Bitcoin. And I have to share that with you because you've got to know that everybody in the world is not talking Bitcoin fabulous conversation and so we're going to hear about that in just a few but before we do that 
Bitcoin right now is trading at $26,754. It's down in the last hour, 0.06%. In the last 24 days, it's down 2.20%. In the last seven days, it's only down 0.79%. Not exactly a whole point. And then Ethereum is in the green. It's saying that it's $1,798 and it is up in the last hour, 0.04%. In the last 24 hours, it's down 1.59%. In the last seven days, it's up 0.22%. And that's where we are at with that. And as I look at all the other cryptocurrencies, some of them are up in the last hour, down. Most of them are up in the last hour down in the last 24 hours and some of them look like they're doing okay since the last seven days has happened and there are several of them that are doing that so if you can go to coin market cap you can take a look at the different cryptocurrencies that seem to be doing okay during this time uh and we are going to just move our focus on uh some of the information that's in the news today about a country, a region that is not being too cryptocurrency friendly. And we're going to talk about that when we come forward. This is KVLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KVLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So these next two news pieces, I'm really happy that they are surfacing, but unfortunately they're not for the United States. But other countries are taking steps to really uh, give some sort of clarity around cryptocurrencies and things of that sort. One of them I'm kind of disappointed about, which happens in the UK. And so the UK... Uh, which is where we have a lot of brothers and sisters across the pond. They're there. Uh, it stated that about 10% of UK adults hold or have held cryptocurrency assets according to their HM revenue and customs. And so in a new report, um, the cross-party committees have stated that cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin have no intrinsic value and serve no useful social purpose while consuming large amounts of energy and being used by criminals in scams, fraud, and money laundering. And so we as Bitcoiners and cryptocurrency enthusiasts have always stated that there are checks and balances for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and that it is 100% traceable but a lot of people are looking past that and still saying that there's just criminals and thieves in this space in which we know that is absolutely not so because there's criminals and thieves and everything and so um, as we look to see what the UK is doing they have highlighted the risks that are posed by their consumers by crypto assets and our industry and in large part which remains in their words the wild wild west effective regulation is clearly needed to protect the consumers from harm and i have always stated that the best consumer protection is education 
educating people so they know what they're looking at. They know what they're doing. And if they make a decision, they make a decision based on having the best information. And so um, they are just stating, you know, that cryptocurrency in the UK is not backed by anything. It's not good. It's not super bad, but it's bad in their opinion. And so they haven't stated that people in the UK cannot deal with Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. They have, however, stated that they're going to really get to the nitty gritty and put some sort of regulatory regime or or, uh, thing in place to help people understand uh, how important it is to be straightforward and honest about holding the cryptocurrency in their regulatory framework and I'm just going to say it that way and so and making sure that people know that in their opinion it has no intrinsic value and that it's not backed by anything and all of those things should sound familiar because that's exactly the same thing or the same reason we are getting away from fiat fiat stands for read it f-i-a-t money without intrinsic value that only has uh, only has value based on what the government says it is worth. And so this is what the UK is doing. On the other hand, there is the U, I mean the EU, European Union, and they are making more difficult for criminals to circumvent the anti-money laundering rules, which is what we've been telling people. Bitcoin is traceable. Cryptocurrency is traceable. If you make sure that everybody has KYC, know your customer, you know who these wallets belong to. You know who these wallets belong to, and it can definitely um, save save the country from dealing with so many scammers and things of that sort. So, ladies and gentlemen. When we come forward, we will continue the conversation because what the EU is doing is probably something that the United States is going to model behind. So we'll talk about this when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So basically, really quickly, the EU has made it more difficult for criminal criminals to circumvent any money laundering rules via cryptocurrencies. So today the council actually adopted and updated their rules on the information accompanying the transfers of funds by extending the scope of their rules to transfer of any cryptocurrency asset, no matter how much, no matter how little, just every person has to do that. And this will ensure that these are not used, that cryptocurrencies are not used by people for criminal purposes so today's decision is bad news for those who have misused cryptocurrency assets for their illegal activities to circumvent the eu sanctions or to finance terrorism or and war 
Doing so will no longer be possible in Europe without exposure. It is an important step towards the fight against money laundering. And we have always stated this. This is a step against money laundering. Bitcoin cryptocurrencies are traceable if the origin of the wallet is actually identified. And it's just really easy and simple. We don't have to go through a lot of things. And we can ensure that everybody stays as safe as possible if people are doing their job to do a KYC. Here in the United States, I was told that we didn't have to KYC anybody. We didn't have to know know who our customer was unless the transaction was over $300. Well, since the beginning of time, we knew we cannot take the luxury of saying, hey, you don't have to KYC uh, if it's under $300, we KYC everybody, $3, $100, dollars no matter what it is you have, $50,000, we will KYC you because we want to do our due diligence because we want to ensure that we're not contributing to the false narrative that is being pushed out there and that cryptocurrency is used by criminals and thieves. We try to do our very best to show everyone that, um, you know, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. And so if you are on a platform that is not KY saying seeing right now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because a lot of people still want to remain anonymous. I'm just saying that it's just better for us to just go ahead and conform and allow uh, at least the government to know what wallets we hold and things of that sort. They don't have to have access to our cryptocurrency, but they can actually look on the blockchain and see what it is we have in our holding, which is no big deal because they can go to your bank account and do that as well. So, right. That's, um, that's kind of what I feel about that. I would love to stay self-sovereign and them not know, but because there is no regulation around it right now, I'm just assuming they're going to be watching the, uh, EU as well as all these other countries to really try to get directives as to what to do here. And so, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow I will be doing a TEDx South LA. I'm super excited about that. You can go to Eventbrite and get your ticket for that. I will be speaking on Web3, what Web3 is, how it works what we need to know, what we don't need to know, how we need to participate, how we don't need to participate. Um, We're going to be talking about all those things tomorrow at 6 p.m. in South Central Los Angeles on the TEDx special. So I'm excited about that. We have a cryptocurrency 101, a crypto 101. It's going to be held at the last Saturday of this month. So please do me a favor. If you have not attended, please sign up to attend. Uh, by sending me a text message, 424-317-7373. And then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have another Ledger and Me 123. If you haven't gotten your cold storage device uh, implemented and your Bitcoin or cryptocurrency on it, please plan on being in attendance with your Ledger to that Ledger and Me 123. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show, and I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here on the head of the crypto curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. Bang.
You're listening to Nadja Roberts on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Nadja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.